Um, but last week, um, we spoke about our thoughts and uh, how many are aware that that's important. And again, you know, we're not doing any kind of a deep dive into, into these subjects. Um, we're going to talk about our words today. But this is just a reminder and uh, a review, a reminder. Um, maybe you never even heard anything on this. Uh, but it's, an, it's the importance of walking out uh, our life in Christ, our journey in Christ, and being aware of how important these tools, I'm using you know, the, the word tools here, um, it, it really can be applied to this, our thinking and our words that, that we use, our, our vital tools and, uh, and, and living out a victorious life in Christ. And last week we talked about um, thoughts and I shared a couple uh, good uh, quotes from a couple, a couple gentlemen. I'm going to remind us of those. Um, a, a man named Jim Rohn said, Rohn said uh, you can't change your destination overnight, but you can change your direction overnight. And by changing your direction, that's just changing your thinking. You can choose to what you think. We talked about that. Um, and I think for a long time in my, just my growing up life, um, I don't think I realized without being arrested by someone who said it in a, in a message that you can choose your thoughts. I actually, uh, I don't think I ever pondered on that, but I, at one point I might have had the thought, I can't control my thoughts, but, uh, but we can. And another quote I read was from Andy Stanley, and he said, if you think the way you used to think, You'll do the things you used to do. And, um, and that's very true. I was just, I had a, th a thought regarding that as I was sitting down. And I've, I don't know if it's just a coincidence that I hear this, but it's funny and interesting at the same time, and it answers a lot of questions. But maybe or maybe you don't know um, the science behind the development of the brain and, and for um, adolescents, you can get up to like, I think it, some of boys, maybe it takes up to like 25 years old before things connect up here uh, for being able to, to think through cause and effect situations. Uh, that answers a lot of questions for boyhood growing up. Uh, you know, you jump first and think what's going to happen later. Um, you know, just the adventurous. And, it, it, you know, it kind of makes a lot of sense, but... Uh, I thought about that, and and uh, I was, you know, just in in terms of what I was, I would my drink of choice was any pop that I could soda. If you're not from Michigan, um, but could down, you know, I just I loved the grape soda. I love whatever. And uh, after a while, I started getting a, a lot of sugar would give me heartburn. I'm talking like raging, horrible heartburn. And but I love the taste, you know. And one day I had this epiphany. Hey, wait a minute. I'm an adult. My frontal lobe, the cortex, whatever connects that helps me determine cause and effect. I can, I know what the cause is from, or the effect is from this. So maybe I should stop this because I don't like heartburn. So I realized that I could change my thinking. I have power and authority over this. So it's a simple, it can be as simple as something like that. And uh, I, I, I was able to dominate that Whatever it was, taste of soda. I don't know. 
I have other things I filled in with them, but um, that doesn't result in heartburn. But um, so yeah, but you can think, you can choose what you think. Isn't that good news that we can choose what we think and we don't have to take anything that the devil says about us and ponder on it or create a stronghold in our mind or we don't have to accept the labels that we talked about, the labels that some people have put on us, even from, from our youth um, that can plague kids for their whole life and uh, can really uh, hold them in a prison. But you can be free today and realize that you can be free today by changing your thinking, okay? And today we're going to see how our words are used to form our world. And um, do you, we all realize that God formed everything by his words. And God said, and God said, and God said, and then he said it was good. So it was good. And Adam was created. Uh, I've heard a Hebrew scholar, teacher, among other people uh, say this, but when Adam was created, it was God created another speaking spirit, another speaking spirit. And we were created in God's image and his likeness. And he spoke creation into being. He spoke things into existence. And that's the design that we were patterned after. We have the power to speak things, speak life into situations. Um, Unfortunately, we can also speak death and cursing. But we were created another speaking spirit in the image of God. And that's pretty cool. That's really cool to think that it doesn't seem like we're doing anything by speaking, but boy, there is power in our words. And again, uh, this is more of a, just a reminder, a refresher. Uh, we're not going to take, again, a, a real deep dive into this, but again, we need to hear this truth that our words are important and our thoughts are important. So we're going to get into this message of framing our world, and I, I believe that this is going to be a blessing. Let's read a, a key verse on this. Proverbs 18.21 in the Amplified says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or life. So you can speak death or life, and you're going to reap what you sow, even though it's not a physical substance that you can see, but you will reap what you sow in the way of the words you speak. And I've heard some people say that you are living today what you spoke yesterday. You have spoke your life that you're experiencing today in your past. And uh, so if you don't currently like that, let's uh, just let this be a, a, an alarm to you to change what you're saying. Um, as a dad, again, I'm in that, that stage of life where I got kids, and God's teaching me through my kids, and we've all been there and uh, are, are there or are going to be there. But uh, you're going to learn a lot of neat little life lessons from your kids. And um, one thing just regarding this subject, um, I am very aware of and uh, key into is when I hear my children talk. And it really is a dad, and I, I believe that everybody could probably relate to this in that, in that situation, that how it really breaks your heart and it can, it can um, result in, in righteous indignation uh, can rise up out of nowhere when you hear your son or daughter uh, speak um, really words of cursing uh, or, or, or negative words over themselves or over their brother and sister, which can happen. But when they speak it about themselves, the words of defeat, 
words of lack or words of um, not measuring up or disqualifying words. As a dad, that breaks my heart because I don't want that for my kids. And I know that they don't want that for themselves. They're just caught in the moment of a mental, um, you know, struggle. And then they take that thought and speak it out. And uh, as a dad, as a parent, um, if you're aware of this, and I know you are, be quick to jump on that and to switch that whole conversation around and point out who they are in Christ. And that Pastor Chad touched on that today, that we, you know, we find our identities, culture finds our identities in so many things. And as believers in Christ, as sons and daughters of the Most High God, our identity is in Christ Jesus and his finished work at the cross. And, and that's what I really try to drive home with my kids is that, you know, even if, you know, whatever you're involved in, whether it's sports or whatever, that's not your identity. Um, you, are, you are a son of the Most High God. You are in Christ and he is your identity. And, uh, you know, whatever you get involved in or whatever you do, you know, that's, a, that's an opportunity to worship him with your life and, uh, and worship him with your gifts and talents. And that's exciting to see. But, you know, it's easy to, I'm the, I have the same, you know, weakness, I guess. Um, I can get down on myself pretty quick uh, if I, I don't think I'm measuring up or I'm not performing up to, up to par. But uh, we need to remind ourselves, no matter what our behavior is, and again, as Pastor Chad said, to remind us where we are, we, are, we have been made perfect and holy and righteous by Jesus' finished work at the cross. He sees us. I love that. You know, in the, in, the, in the New Living Translation, the end of Colossians, the first chapter, it says we stand before for him um, pure and holy without a single fault. And that is one neat verse to really get your mind renewed to. Um, but can you, you can relate to that, right? Just when you hear your kids say it or even, even, even relatives or friends or whatever, you don't want to hear somebody speak negative about yourself. Somebody you love and, uh, and you, want to, you want them to speak life about them because you know in reality they don't want to see what they're saying come to pass in their life. They don't want the results. They don't want the harvest of those words coming back and them reaping what, what they have sown out of their mouth. So, um, you know, we all have a, a, a job, a role to play as representatives of Jesus Christ and, and to, to be ministers of reconciliation and just to... Um, to disciple people, and this is a good way to disciple them, just to teach them simply that, you know, your words have power, whether you realize it or not. And uh, so I'll just, I'll, I'll stop there with that. But um, another truth, I believe that you believe what you say more than what anybody else says in your life. And that's so important to, to get a hold of. Um, what are you saying about yourself? Um, you know, we need to agree with what God says about us and not what, again, others say, what the enemy tries to bring lies and discouragement and, and to tear us down. But we need to speak and think what God says about us. And then, because we believe what we say about us more than anybody else, we need to actually take that thought, that's God's thought about us, and speak that out. Because that's, that's major major league uh, truth right there. Um, 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, faith believes and faith speaks, right? And we live by faith. We're the just, we're the justified by Jesus, and we live and walk by faith, and we speak and think by faith. That's part of that, that whole thing. Um, let's look at a couple of good examples in Scripture 
That's tiny writing, so I might have to read off that. Um, all right, that's big enough. All right, so we're going to look at David. Everybody knows about David and Goliath, right? And uh, how Goliath was uh, shooting his mouth off for like 40 days, morning and evening, it said. And uh, that's, a, that's he's got, I mean, he, he was tall. He was pretty, he had six digits on all of his limbs. So he was, he was a step ahead of some people. And uh, he was a threat, a, rec- a force to be reckoned with, I guess, in those days. But... Um, we're going to see, you know, he, he had these demands. He was ordering the army of Israel, you pick a guy, come over here. You know, if, if he wins, we'll do this. If I win, we'll do this, you know. So he was, he was calling the shots, you know. And Israel was shaking and quaking in their boots, right? So let's see uh, what David had to say about this guy that he walked up on. I'm going to just turn around and read this. I hope I'm not in your way. Um, it says, First Samuel 17, 45 through 47. Then David said to the Philistine, Goliath, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So Goliath was pretty confident in what he was saying. David was more confident, I think, in what he was saying. And um, I heard a minister say, you never face your, or always face your enemy with your mouth moving. And uh, that's, what, that's what David was doing. And the army of Israel was facing away from Goliath with their mouth moving in the wrong direction, speaking negative. And this guy is, you know, nobody can beat this guy. So, uh, you know what, though? After this happened, we all know the end of the story. Uh, the sling, the rock, the fall, Goliath's sword, off with your head. How many knows that he didn't say anything after that? Right? So... Um, never, never let your enemy have the last word. So David had the last word on that. And, uh, you know, we see the army of Israel, they were magnifying the enemy and the enemy's ability. But David magnified God, the God of Israel, the God that they were in covenant with. He boasted in the Lord. And he had some practice on some bears and some lions. Uh, and he saw God's hand strong in his life on that. I still can't figure that out. I'd love to see the footage of that moment. Because, you know, that'd be, I don't know. I think he punched him in the face, I think. The, the, the lions and the bears. And I don't know. I just, it's, I'd really like to, I think we're going to see that. We have the opportunity. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty neat. So, anyways, I always, I get, I get tickled with some stories in the Bible that I don't remember hearing in Sunday school. Like, another thing I'd like to see, man, I didn't plan on saying this, but a little side note, if you want to check it out, the story of Samson, everybody knows about Samson, right? Here's something I didn't know, and I was, it's odd to say this, but I, I, I discovered it again and doing a series on the Holy Spirit years ago. Figured that one out. But the Holy Spirit would come upon Samson, so that was tied in there. 
where he tied, I believe it was 300 foxes. He tied them together in pairs, like put a torch between their tails and had them run through the fields of uh, the Philistines and burn them all up. I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of foxes. and how, It's like, I don't know. I mean, I, even a bigger miracle would do that with like cats or something. But, um, but anyways, that, I just, it's funny stuff like, sorry. It's funny stuff like that. Uh, you just think that's, I want to see that. So anyway, side note, that was free. So this is, a, this is a picture, this is David. This is a picture of, of David telling his mountain about God instead of telling God about his mountain. And we've heard that said in, in Christendom, you know, that uh, that's what we need to do. We need to stop telling God so much about our mountains of problems, our mountains of whatever it is, and start speaking to that mountain, okay? And we're going to head, we're heading down that road in a second. Another good example in Scripture is found in Mark 5, 27 uh, through 28. And uh, this is about the woman with the issue of blood. For, for 12 years, she suffered with an issue of blood, her condition. And it said she spent all of her money and she only got worse. And how many knows that that's probably, she probably reached a point of hopelessness like a long time ago before, before this happened. I know, and, and she was, she was a, a Jewish woman. And, and, you know, according to law, you know, you, that really made your life not so great. Um, but uh, then she heard about Jesus, which was really good news for her. So Mark 5, 27 through 28 says, when this woman, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the, in the crowd. He was on his way somewhere, going to visit Jairus' daughter. And, um, and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. So she heard about Jesus, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. She heard about this. And that stirred in her faith to receive. And she didn't just stop there. She spoke out her desired end result. She would be made whole just by touching the hem of his garment. So she heard, and then she spoke, right? And that's really good. And there's other, there's ministers that have uh, some good teaching, just focusing completely on this, this account in the Bible. If, if, you, if you look at this woman and you study her and what she did, the action she took, the step of faith she took, um, you'll be able to receive just like she did. And this, by faith, Right? So it's a really good account to show that. So I just said this word um, a couple of seconds ago. Desired and result. That's what, that's what God's into. In Romans 4.17, we see God called Abraham. He changed his name from Abram to Abraham. But he was speaking a desired and result. Said he was going to be the father of many nations by changing his name to Abraham. God did not consider Abraham, you know, he was childless at this time. He changed his name and declared to him, You are a father of many nations. 
And that's what, he, that's what he was declaring. He was showing that. That was God's desired end result, to see all nations blessed through Abraham. Is that good or what? So, and then Jesus, this is one I kind of was trying to find, uh, there's a lot, but when they were going across the lake, Jesus spoke out in Luke 8, 22. He said, uh, let's go over unto the other side of the lake. It sounds simple, but uh, they had some trouble. Jesus took a nap, so he was good with it. He knew what was going to happen. But uh, he, he didn't just say that lightly. He meant it. Let's go to the other side. And, the, and in this story, we're, we're familiar with that account where the disciples actually started questioning if Jesus even loved them. He's like, I, I, they were like, I think you want us to die by just the simple fact that you're taking a nap and this is like the worst storm ever and, and you're sleeping. And they forgot what he said. Let's go to the other side. So... They took his words lightly, but Jesus really meant his words, and that was his desired end result. Didn't consider the storm or its abilities, but it considered what he considered what he was saying. So those are two good examples of, of, of speaking a desired end result in, in the Bible. Um, Mark eleven twenty three. this is a pretty popular scripture, but uh, this, is, this is really a key and understanding the power of our words. Let's read this. Um, it says, uh, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So in this scripture, it says believes once, and it says, the word says, three times. So there's an there's a emphasis here on our, on our saying. And this, this word says is the Greek word lego. Anybody familiar with legos? Right? Lego. So think of, think of the picture, if you're a parent or you've had experience buying legos. How many know when you see, you know, you, you buy a specific package of legos that's supposed to be something, a rocket ship or something, and you look at the box? Okay. There it is. It looks pretty neat. My kid's going to like this. You open the box, you dump it out. That's not the picture, right? You have to build it. You have to Lego it. You have to Lego the Legos. Not to be confused with Lego my ego. So I know you were thinking that. But that's what this scripture is saying. Hey, you know, we don't just say it once and it's over with. We have to Lego it. We have to say it and say it and say it. And like I said in the beginning, a, a major way of changing our mind, changing our thinking, is to start speaking out truth, start speaking out what God thinks about us, what God says about us. Our mind, that is a, that is a major um, catalyst in uh, changing our thinking, changing our mind. And uh, so you get that? It's not, just, it's not just one time saying it. It'd be neat if it was. Sometimes it might be. I don't know. I mean, just, again, going back to kids, you don't just say it one time. You say it a lot of times. So it gets through to them. But, uh, but remember, you in life, when you're 
as far as your words, you're speaking. If you want to see something change, Lego it. If it doesn't line up with what, with God's will or God's best, begin to speak over that situation, whether it's a health condition, whether it's a wayward child, whether it's, you know, choose your situation, but begin to speak words of life into that and watch what happens. Amen? Amen? All right. So, in this, you know, it, it, this, was, this account was brought up, uh, you know, because Jesus spoke to the fig tree, and Peter was like, holy mackerel, did you see that? It died, you know? Like, that was something going to surprise Jesus. No. He, he believed what he was said would come to pass. And uh, so, the, he's saying, you know, you can move an entire mountain, you guys, by the word you speak. And the first thing that uh, faith is going to move is our mouth, right? First thing faith's going to move is your mouth. So don't forget that. If you, if, you, if, you, if you start out on a situation, you take a step forward into a situation, remember, faith is going to move your mouth first. So declare the desired end result you want to see. Okay? God's going to back you on this. It, it, when it falls in line with His will, if it's a promise, all God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. God will back you. Do you think David was speaking out, out in the air? No, he knew God was backing him. That's why he had the backbone to speak that out like that. I bet you that sent chills up some spines. You know, I mean, Goliath didn't seem to be too concerned, but you know, we know how that ended. But, uh, and his brothers were a little perturbed by his apparent uh, overconfidence, but let's look... I think he, he didn't have to say anything. David didn't even have to say anything more after that. You know, I think he woke some people up. So uh, Mark 11, I already said this, that, that whole account about Jesus talking about how we can move our mountains with our mouth. And uh, again, it had to do with the fig tree. So Romans 8, I want to read Romans 10, 6 and 8. It says, but the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. The word is near you in your mouth, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. And then 2 Corinthians 4.13, uh, along the same lines here, it says, And since we have the same spirit of faith as Jesus, who spoke, and we saw his results, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. We have the same spirit of faith as Jesus. And that is really, really, really good news. You know what? Mark eleven twenty two. Um, I am going to go back to this. Um, Jesus says, "Have faith in God. Have faith in God." And the picture of this is actually God offering, "Have it. Have it. It's yours. Here you go." Like if I'm offering you a plate of cookies or something, have it. It belongs to you. Have it. It's a gift. Have it. Use it. And how many knows that? You know we don't have our own faith. Everything we have is a gift from God. Uh, the measure of faith we have, we've all been given a measure of faith. We talked about that. But um, have it. You have it. You know, you have it. And uh, Jesus was right there at that moment saying, have faith in God. He wouldn't tell him to have it if he couldn't have it, right? So you have it, just to remind you. James 3.10 
Out of the same mouth, we pour out words of praise one minute and curses the next. My brothers and sisters, this should never be. You know, I'm not, this isn't, this isn't paddling or the hand slap, but this is a reminder. We can speak words of life. We can speak words of cursing or death. And does that make any sense? No. And it goes on to say, can, you know, pure water come out of the same fountain, pure and unpure? It uses different words. That's my paraphrase. But no. And James 3, 9 says, we use our tongue to praise God our Father and then turn around and curse a person who has been made in his very image. And you know, a lot of times that person that we're cursing is us. Like I mentioned before, we talk down and negative and defeat and lack and all that junk the devil wants to hear coming out of our mouth. That's who we curse probably mostly. And like I said again earlier, we believe what we say more than we believe what others say about us. So that's just another... um, to reinforce that that thought, uh, be aware, because you can. I mean, you can get in the routine. We all know you get in the just. You, you're in that 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 cruise control with your mouth and anything, and fly out of that based on the situation. And uh, we just have to be really, really aware. And again, that's just what I'm. We're talking about here is to, to raise an awareness, to raise the knowledge, and just to, to magnify the truth that this is. This is real stuff, and this is powerful stuff. Maybe, you know, you don't see it that way, but this is major league powerful stuff to be aware of our thoughts and our words. Psalm 19.14 says, May my spoken words, this is, this is the prayer of David's heart, may my spoken words and unspoken thoughts be pleasing even to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That's it. You know, that's really it. We want our words to be pleasing to God. And just as I opened up, uh, from, from the perspective of a father, I want to see my sons, my son and daughter's words and thoughts line up with good for them and for each other and all that. And just how much more our Heavenly Father, who, you know, we being evil, want to give good gifts. And, you know, you go down that road with that verse, but how much more our Heavenly Father. And, and it, it, I got to believe it just breaks his heart to hear when we speak negative words and words of death and cursing over our own lives or, or our own family or whatever. And, and again, we're made in the image of Almighty God. Somebody just made a reference to this, and I'm, not, I'm just going to comment on it, but I've, I've heard similar things, but how science has re- de- determined and it's like some, there's sciencey words that I don't remember and know how to say, but um, like we emit as human beings, we emit like a light, like a hmm, something. And he was, it was, this was a minister was saying this, but just in the realm of the spirit, how we look, we would totally, if we had one nanosecond glimpse of how we actually look in the spirit as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, how we look to the, in the spirit realm, we would really, really wake up. Because how the enemy sees us, why do you think he messes with our minds so much? Why do you think he tries to destroy families? 
who are who who are who have have are, are sons and daughters of the Most High God. We are clothed in light. We are the Jesus called us the light of the world. In the spirit realm, we are a major, major, major threat. And the way we can be that major threat is to realize that our thinking and our speaking are powerful among many other things. But we are a major threat. And uh, you are much, much mm, bigger than you realize you are in this world. Okay? Again, we're representatives of Jesus on this, on this earth. And we know that he had an effect. He had uh, a major uh, effect on culture. And we are to have no less of an effect in our spheres of influence. So just reiterating and reiterating. Now we can go and frame our world, okay? Yeah. By the words we speak and the, and the thoughts we think. So um, if you want to change your life, just a refresher here at the end. If you want to change your life, change the way you think. And if you want to change your thinking, start speaking the truth over yourself, over your circumstances, over things that you want to see changed that you know don't line up with, with God's best for the situation. So that does conclude the end of our two-week series on our thoughts and our words. Uh, I hope you're blessed by this. And, um, but just realize and, and remember how important uh, this really is. And uh, I'm arrested every day. I, I you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a journey. That's why it's called a journey. Things come up and, uh, and every day there's not some special anointing on people who stand up here behind this versus anybody who sits out there behind the, uh, the media center or whatever. We're, you know, we're all, we all have the same walk of faith we have to walk out. But, uh, and, uh, you know, we answer for that. But just may the words of our mouth, as David prayed, and the meditation of our heart be acceptable uh, and in God's sight. And I just pray that for us and that we would awake uh, to this beautiful truth. God created us so cool how we can just, the power of our thoughts and our words, it's such a, a cool I don't know. The, the creativity of our God is, is amazing. And uh, I don't know. Just to think that everything I'm looking at right now came out of God's heart and mind and mouth. And here we are. So it's going to be really neat to see the spirit realm when we get on that side, how much more real that is than what we're seeing right now. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead, as we, as we said earlier, we're going to pray over the food together up here. And... Um, We'll be excused and have second breakfast. Okay. Father, thank you so much for your, the beauty in your creation and just the way you, you made us, Lord, and, and just made things that operate in the realm of the Spirit. And, and uh, I, I could go on and on, but just thank you that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in your image, Lord. May we uh, go out here, here with an awareness and an awakening to the power of of our the the power of our thoughts and our words, and may we, um, may we, our hearts be those that would want to please our loving Father, and that so that you could see blessing in our life and not cursing, because that's your heart. Your heart is good. You're a good, good Father, and you want to see us live in that blessing that you have made for us before the foundation of the world. 
So we thank you for that. We thank you for, for bringing correction to us where it's needed and just for bringing encouragement to us where it's needed. And we just speak a blessing over this awesome food that, that our, our brothers and sisters have, have prepared for us, Lord. And just thank you for the enjoyment of fellowship and uh, just breaking a bread together with our, with our family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.